0: down to the last comic shop in five four three two one Hi from a snow fort somewhere in the himalayas it is the last comic shop podcast. yes that's right <laughs> we're a podcast yes
1: we're a podcast we haven't done a standard opening in such a long time i forgot how to do it we're opening the shop up to newbies to help them find their way underneath this giant comic book tent
2: and we're keeping the lights on for those folks that have gotten a little bit older maybe a little bit rounder Sneeze don't work like they used to not quite
0: as quick or as nimble but by me- golly, we can get the job done if we need to. That's right. Give me that cortisone shot. Just give me some Tiger bomb. I'll just rub it into my backside. It's fine. I can wear this knee brace. It's okay. Listen, tiger I'll this still wear awesome. the skin-tight leather costume, but I'll have a, a graceful hood over top of it. Uh, Toby Keith said it best. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. And I am those with the most Andy Larson and uh, i am joined by two old fogies that are near and dear to my heart and that is chad smith and jay scott would you guys get the band back together if i wanted to someday if i called you up and say we're getting the band back together only if it's a mission from god <laughs> i'm getting too old
1: for this shit <laughs>
0: You know, you know, Danny Glover was only like 42 when he said that in like Lethal Weapon. Like, but he's a youngin' compared to <laughs> oh man. But in any case, yeah, if you're wondering why we're talking all this old fogey talk, it's because for the end of DC Ember. Yes, and in fact, the end of 2023, here on The Last Comic Shop, we are going to be reviewing a comic book that's all about folks dusting off their old garments that they used to run around in and getting out there on the town. It is Catwoman Lonely City. And this isn't going to be like last year where we gave you a quickie quickie review at the end because uh,
2: we're getting up there. We got to take our time with stuff now. (laughs) We'll hurt ourselves. That's right.
0: We had to stretch. Make sure you do (laughs) some lunges.
1: You don't want to go down by from a sniper when you're running. Suddenly pull a hammy.
0: Make sure you take your mi- multivitamin, your omega threes. Come That's on, right. let's let's be awesome, but let's be responsible, okay? <laughs> Any case, we have this one last review to do for 2023, so, and and later on in the show, Chad's going to give us the whole year end recap. So if you loved all of those past statistics shows, Chad's been crunching the numbers over That's the Christmas right. break. There's and, one uh, thing this old fogey knows, and it's the kids love
1: data we've got your data kids this year with generative ai involved because that's what get things sold these days right it's not just that's data great. it's generative ai data
0: but yeah that'll be later on in the program after we get to this one last review and uh speaking of that review for catwoman lonely city who did catwoman lonely city chad Oh, this is easy. It is Cliff
2: Chang, who this was a labor of love on his part. He wrote, he drew, he colored, he lettered the whole thing. All four issues of this black label, a slightly enlarged comic that came out of DC Comics, started coming out in December of 2021 and wrapped up just a
0: shade under a year ago in December of 2022. Cliff Chang was a tour de force on this particular book, doing everything, as Chad just mentioned. And speaking of doing everything, when it comes to the actual story, J.A., what was that everything in your time? Well,
1: when you say he does everything, he didn't do one thing, which was sort of the whole big inspiration of this was really Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns cuz this is essentially Dark Knight Returns just with Catwoman. Catwoman <laughs> Returns, so we say, I think you're phrasing that wrong. You're saying it, it's
0: just Dark Knight Returns with
2: Catwoman. It's Dark Knight Returns
0: with Catwoman. Hey, and by the way, Catwoman is in Dark Knight Returns, but in this story you get Catwoman being all the Dark Knighty Returns. Yeah, because you don't get Batman.
1: Batman's dead. So essentially, there was Joker did a Joker thing and blew up Gotham and killed the Batman and himself at the same time. And Catwoman goes to prison as a result because there's no evidence that she didn't kill Batman. I don't know. She was in the wrong place at the right time, I guess. Um, so she spends 10 years in jail, gets out and it's but it's got to be more than 10 years cuz she went from being sprightly catwoman to old lady catwoman very quickly anyways she gets out of jail gotham has changed almost a throwaway line is when bruce died all of his fortune went to the city and it made it a better place which <laughs> yes. goes back to saying batman maybe you know, by fighting crime, if he just invested all that money into public infrastructure and, and yeah. programs, it would it would be better. Anyways, Harvey Dent, Two-Face, has, has conquered his psychosis and is now the mayor. And he's Yeah, just his, as Two-Face, he's not
2: covering anything up anymore. Right, exactly.
1: exactly. He's all proud of his scars. He wears them. He's got his, his coin in a jar on his desk. The Penguin has become a casino mogul that runs his empire offshore away from legal jurisdiction. <laughs> it's only a matter of time on that one. The Riddler's semi retired with a daughter, and City of Gotham is supposedly thriving, but only if you're. Living in the toniest bits of town, if you're in Crime Alley, where the Monarch Theater is uh, not going so well, they want to tear that down to build a new stadium for Heinz Ward and his Gotham Knights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> po- Poison Ivy shows up and she's a coffee mogul.
0: Yeah, a green bean super lady. Super rich. Green right. bean They basically take all of the rogues gallery, which I will be very honest, as as a longtime Batman fan. And I think Chad and I have agreed on this, that sometimes the Batman supporting characters are much more interesting than Batman himself. He's malleable. You can put him in whatever. But those he's a cipher, those those supporting characters, they have their own personality. So it's kind of neat to see those characters, traits, and quirks and things, kind of fast forward, and you know that they're older, they're wiser, they're boomerish. You know, they're all. Yeah, yeah oh yeah, I forgot Killer Croc
1: as a great turn as an overweight, has-been henchman drinking his <laughs> life away, wearing a an English golfing hat.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that particular part of the story really did work for me because again if you go into this and you, and again you you're saying to yourself hey remember dark knight returns yeah that that's great let's just do that with a different character i mean that's done been done before that's what old man logan is honestly isn't that dark knight returns it's just with wolverine like they do this every once in a while where they'll take a character and be like let's dark knight returns them and so they did it with catwoman here but boy for like the first three issues Of this story, God, I loved it. I just couldn't put it down. It was so good to see this refreshing take on these characters. That you know, the bad guys are sometimes the most interesting ones. And so, like to see Catwoman be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try to find out Batman was hiding something." So she's like, "I gotta go find out what that is." And like, oh yeah,
2: Harvey's outlawed all the capes, and so, but she needs to find a way to get into Batman for Project Orpheus.
0: Yeah, and 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 so she puts the gang back together. She she puts Killer Croc on a strict diet, makes him work out all the time. Edward Nigma shows up, and the only reason he was wearing all this, this that crazy costume because he was constantly just did too much coke. And I was just like, that's great. Why? Where's that Edward Nygma? Been <laughs> my entire life, because that's a great way of explaining why he was so manic most of the time. He wore a stupid derby didn't make any sense at all. Dude, for the significant portion of this book,
2: Cliff Chang does something that never happens in comics. He legitimately aged characters into an older age, right? And he did the comic book thing where everybody got a streak of like silver in their hair in some way, shape or form. Like, oh, Edward Nygma went gray at the temples and Catwoman got that rogue streak. But everybody got a little bit gray. Poison Ivy got a little bit fatter. You know, everybody moved on to their other, the penguin with his offshore casinos, like it was fun to see what would happen to the bat characters if they legitimately aged in like the whole bat universe, which like we said, it's a, it's a fun universe. The characters around it are what made it special. And so for the first two and a half books, like Cliff Chang is playing around with all the toys that I love the most, right? Like I'm a, I'm a Riddler guy. Uh, Killer Croc is tons of fun. They've taken all the Bat
1: family off the board, except for Barbara Gordon. Who's kind of off the board because she's now um, in a wheelchair and a councilwoman. So she's sort of gone from the crime-fighting side of it to the uh, office administration side. So more like her dad.
2: Right. And, and well, it goes back to her roots. Where wasn't she a congresswoman at some point in, like, the
0: 70s? Yeah, she was, actually. So this kind of fits Anytime they take characters that I grew up with and then they make them my age, I'm happy about that because then I don't seem so old. Plus, it shows growth. The only thing that I didn't buy in this entire thing was that Harvey Dent would come in and outlaw all capes. That's crazy in the DC universe because their entire infrastructure is built on capes. So, like, Gotham not having any capes is stupid. But number two, and again... And I'm going to tell everybody point blank: you have to look past this. Is the fact that Bruce dies, but then nobody picks up the cow. Dick's not the Batman, which we've seen happen in other series before. Tim doesn't pick it up. Not even Jason Todd. Nobody picks it up. Not even Batgirl. She becomes a councilwoman. She doesn't pick up the. You would think somebody would pick up the cow? That that was Batman's plan. He dies. So he picks up the cow and runs with it, and that's it. And then they get another Robin, and it's like the Phantom. So that was the only thing I didn't buy. Like, I was just like, meh. But I get it. I get why Cliff Chang had to do that. Because honestly, this is about Selina coming back to a universe without Batman. Not only without Batman, but not about Batman and the Joker and all the chaos that they created. Her longing for that past, but trying to find out where she fits in this new present. And I thought that was incredible from like a, a story perspective
1: and then, oh, and then she say. steals the helm of naboo and uh <laughs> shows up and it's like what what's going on there yeah
2: like that's where it went off the rails for me too as soon as they introduce all the magic stuff i'm like oh i don't like this as much anymore
0: it was like oceans 11 right it was a heist book for a while like she put together the crew great it was working well and then they bring magic into the crew and you're like oh Oh, that that uh, that's not street. It it, it,
1: it did. Yeah, it did kind of ruin the whole found family thing they were going with.
0: I do want to ask you, J.A. again, we did a Batman book just a couple weeks ago. Batman and Joker, the deadly duo. And now we're doing another Batman book. Uh, Cliff Chang, obviously different art style than Mark Silvestri as the art guy. Did you like one more than the other? Like I found that Cliff Chang's
1: art lent itself very well to a sort of post-Dark Knight Returns, Elseworlds. It's not mainstream comics, if you will, where Mark Silvestri is very much. Maybe that's just because when I was reading Mark Silvestri comics back in the day, they were all mainstream. He was doing Uncanny X-Men and, and Wolverine. The Cyber Cyberforce. Yeah, Cyber they were all mainstream. This is not as hyperkinetic and muscle-bound. It's very much sort of an indie style. And the story is very much 9-panel grid, 12-panel grid, 18-panel grid. (laughs) Mark Silvestri is like half a panel grid. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i guess like it's not fair to compare these two books but it kind of sort of is because we're doing them both in dc ember they both came out recently they're both black label they're both universes I, i guess guys my question is like which universe would you like to spend more time in which one did you find more fascinating before we get too far into it let me explain the difference between these two and the heart of
2: dc's black <coughs> label both of these are adult themed books the mark silvestri adult themed book is adult themed because of the gore and the punching and the teeth flying out there's a grit there's an edge uh, but the art style the the putting the pictures the pen to paper There's so much detail and action and it's all in service of this big, crazy plot and this, you know, this big, crazy action pieces. Whereas the Catwoman Lonely City by Cliff Chang is adult in that these are characters that no longer eat cereal with cartoon characters on them. These are characters that are eating cereal with onyx sorghum and, you know, lots of bran and things of that nature. They've got the muesli. Uh, they no longer have the word searches on the back, but instead testimonials from people that, uh, you know, grew their
1: cereal on a farm. You know. Mail away thing to yeah. an AARP <laughs> Exactly.
2: <laughs> and so which of those do you want to spend more time in? I, boy, that's a, that's a tough call because I love Cliff Chang's art. I think he's a wonderful artist. I could stare at his art all day, but I wouldn't want to read this all the time. Because I am old. I do get notes from my doctor to quit eating cereal with cartoon characters on it. And I don't like it. And at the same time, I wouldn't want that Mark Silvestri over-the-top greedy action uh, all the time either. They're both sometimes foods, and they're delightful in their own way. But, yeah,
0: I don't know. It's a tough call. Well, the, the other thing that I wanted to kind of comment on is the fact that um, who, who set the Catwoman up in this book? That That's that was my one question. So like halfway through the series, this is might be spoilers for folks that might not know, but like Two-Face starts finding out what they're doing, right? Like Catwoman's trying to put this crew together. She's got to get these certain things in order to break into the Batcave because evidently that's where this Project Orpheus is uh that batman's dying words to her so she's like i gotta find out what this was because i gotta figure out like what batman yeah, that was the MacGuffin.
1: Yes, yeah exactly the big yeah, MacGuffin. she owes it to bruce
0: she's breaking in these places to get all these these pieces to the puzzle and um two-face who wants to stop her for some reasons i yeah i i'm not 100 well, no no I'm, it's
1: so 2 Face let her out of jail early So that she could break into the Batcave because he figures she's the only one who can because he needs to get in the Batcave to get the technology that is running all the Bat Troopers, because they're running it off of the Batmobile and the Batmobile is breaking down. Yeah, Yeah. and they're using the Batman's technology
2: that was basically profiling criminals and where they were going to strike. And so they're using that to clean up Gotham and their totalitarian regime. And taking all the militarist aspects of Batman, all the things that, like, when you stop and think about it, like, oh, he did pick on a lot of
1: people in poor neighborhoods. (laughs) So Harvey Dent is setting her up because he wants control of the city, obviously. And how does he get that control? By keeping this fascist stormtrooper people online and you know master mechanic is in front of the Batmobile it's all stripped down and he's saying like I don't think I can keep this going for a couple more times you gotta get me into the mainframe and the mainframe is in the Batcave.
0: So if that's the point of the story, right? Because I, I got caught up in like the awesomeness of like Killer Croc pulling two two tons and being like I'm the king of the world or whatever. If Two Face wanted Catwoman to succeed why Was he keep on putting all these obstacles In her way like why was he trying to Kill off her team like if he Oh because it's Catwoman She needs the thrill of the chase
2: She needs something to keep her Motivated if you make it too easy She's not going to do it
0: No I don't buy that for a second If Two-Face wanted to get into the Batcave he should have just gone after the First issue and said like Catwoman I want you to get into the Batcave Can you get in the Batcave for me? You want to get in there. I want to get in there. She never would have done it for him. For Harvey with that face. That's a face you can trust. (laughs) I'm glad that they they cast him as the antagonist in this story. I will say that. Because as much as I said that I have Joker fatigue. When we did the Deadly Duo. uh, There is no bad guy in the rogues gallery of Batman. That I love more than Two-Face. I think Two-Face is very, very underutilized, honestly. Like, I think he's a much more nuanced and interesting character with the fact that he used to be, you know, Bruce Wayne's buddy and he used to be a cop and the district attorney and all this other stuff. And now, like, he's got this half evil side to him and he goes crazy with the evil side. I think that's awesome. I think that's a much more interesting than just batshit crazy like the Joker is. So.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm still Riddler guy. I like when Batman was using the Riddler to help him solve crimes. And that's the other reason
0: that the issue four went off the rails. They've messed with my OTP. Batman and Catwoman are the OTP. One of the OG OTPs. One true pairings. Too many abbreviations. In the end, when you find out Batman, there wasn't some sort of like secret. Between him and Catwoman, it was like mom and dad fighting. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to know that dad was a jerk. Oh,
2: yeah. You're alluding to the very end of the book, the big climactic scene where Catwoman has been searching for Orpheus. Like we said, spoiler alerts. And she finds out what Orpheus is. And all Orpheus is is a plan so Batman can Batman love. And she's like, wait, he never cared about me. He just wanted a Batman again. (laughs) (laughs) But that fits Batman. That's the whole thing about Cliff Chang's whole story As everything fit the motivations of these characters just 10 years in the future. Like Batman is still such a dick. You know, had he used the Wayne fortune and influence to legitimately help the citizens of Gotham, he could have done so much more good. But no, he had to go out in his underpants and try to scare criminals and their superstitious, cowardly lots.
1: And I, I did like that bit. When when Batman went away, I realized that we were just fighting just to kind of perpetuate the fighting. So I, I moved this Poison Ivy. <laughs> it wasn't helping anything.
0: Oh, Lord. Well, one thing that we hope that helps with this review is our ratings. That's right. Chad needs one more set to finish off his statistics so we're gonna give it to him a one out of four scale from jay scott and what do we have up this week
1: yeah okay so we're gonna go um one out of four catwoman posters because which one did you have on your wall
0: oh that's right it is very important because a lot of folks have some conversations about which one they had uh there's a younger younger man character that ends up helping catwoman she asks him what poster and he's like you know the one with the the eyes purple and I was like, Oh, the one
1: that JA had. The Jim
0: Balance. <laughs> the Jim Balance. Jim
1: Balance, yes. Are you a Jim Balance catwoman? <laughs> oh. Are you a Darwin Cook catwoman with the
2: goggles? Yeah. That was the one where the the young lady she's like, What's your catwoman poster? And she was like, Oh I had the one with the goggles. Was like, that's the right answer.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Or,
2: no, or, no, or it's
1: are it's, you going all the way back to the eye mask, eartha Kit? uh julie newmar
0: yeah.
1: it's julie newmar for me buddy and it always will be
0: you know meow what? if i was gonna say my favorite one i like that old school late golden age early silver age the purple dress Catwoman. oh there you Do go you remember the purple With the dress cape. yes that one was great yeah, no, that, that makes, makes no agree.
1: sense you're,
2: I'm you're sorry, not you sticking anywhere
1: that outfit you guys are all wrong as much as i love the purple outfit it's the michelle pfeiffer stitched together batman oh. returns outfit that's the only one <whistles> meow <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right well we're gonna go ahead and start off with uh ja he's uh one of our resident batman fans uh jay how many uh cat posters are you giving this
1: yeah, I love this book, I, though it did suffer in its final act a bit. You know, I thought they just went too far. Artigen introduction didn't make any sense to me. So I'm going to give it a 3.75. I really enjoyed it. It would be a nice companion to Batman Dark Knight Returns. So you put those two together on your shelf and you've got a little uh, Batman and Catwoman future imperfect. The one thing it, they allude to it, in this but they don't bring it in and you can't have a future without batman without talking or showing even superman right they're the pillars of dc even if it's a batman book you kind of have to have superman somewhere showing up for a panel you know what's superman doing when batman died what did superman do and you don't get that here
0: yeah absolutely and i think i'll I'll piggyback on that for my rating. I was very excited to read this book. I've wanted to read this all year. This is my pick for DC Ember just because I I love Cliff Chang's art. Uh, I've loved it uh, in Paper Girls. I've loved it in that Wonder Woman series that that Chad provided in our recommendation section on so many shows. Cliff Chang has a really great style. I honestly do equate it a little bit to Darwin Cook. It's kind of a throwback, kind of, retro but it's very clean and nice and 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 it fits for a lot of these characters especially like a street level kind of book without being gritty it's it's kind of weird that like you could have a street level story without that grittiness like even when batman gets blown up there's not really a lot of blood Uh, there's not really a lot of carnage Oh, sort of I mean, there, like some people would have drawn, like his arm blown off, two legs gone. But I, I will say this: that it, uh, not only issue four finally into the Batcave and kind of you're like, we're here now. Like we've been wanting to get in there for so long, but by this time, I'm like, ah, eh, story is kind of gone off the rails a little bit for me. I, I still think that some of the concepts didn't work for me, which was like. The fact that there would be no capes, like that they would just outlaw it. No, there's no way in the DC universe you would outlaw capes. You couldn't. The only way you could outlaw capes is if there were no capes to begin with. Like that, like this is a Elseworlds where only Batman exists. Like he is the apex of the universe when it comes to superheroes which is fine i have always argued that batman should be its own universe outside of the dc continuity he should not exist in the same universe as superman or green lantern or wonder woman that he should be his own thing but i still think again where's dick dick would have put on the mantle he would have put on the mask it wouldn't matter if it was outlawed he would have just done it because he would have been like dude that's what bruce wants me to do i'm doing it and maybe that's something we didn't see while well, Catwoman was in prison. I don't know. But, yeah, I'll give it 2.95. It was kind of a letdown. I really wanted this to be better than it was, especially that last issue. But Dick, Dick was, was dead. When did they did kill Dick?
1: He's he's in the cemetery. Well, when did they kill him? I assumed he died on the night of the, all Wait the Wait a deaths. second.
0: No, they, they, they killed all of them? Yeah. He's got, like, he's got six robins. He's got like four other Robins in like his back pocket. Nobody stepped up.
2: Uh, No, there were a lot of graves. I just
1: assumed all the Robins are dead. There you go. There's your answer.
0: Nah, they're like Kleenex. He's he's got them all over the Batcave. There'd be somebody that would step up and put on the mask.
2: Chad. All right. So I don't have the hangups you guys do about there's no Superman. Oh, there's no Robins being Batman. No, no, no. This is something you, you take it as it is. It's part of that black label. You don't need the continuity. If you want to add continuity into it for your own pleasure, that's fine. But if that's what you're looking, you're in the wrong spot, right? This is a story about old lady Catwoman coming back after 10 years in the clink, getting the band back together, breaking into the Batcave, and only to find out that Batman, who she loved and had been thinking about and devoting all this time to and wanting to preserve his memory, really only cared about Batman because that's what Batman is. You know, the Batman is vengeance, Batman is the night, Batman is a selfish dick. And so that's what this story is all about. And I I thought those parts were lovely. I thought the Cliff Chang art throughout this is lovely. You mentioned Paper Girls, you mentioned Wonder Woman. Anytime you can get your hands on Cliff Chang art, I I recommend it. That's why my ranking's gonna be higher than than Andy's. I, I think just for that, just for the art, the colors. You brought up Darwin Cook earlier. Cliff Chang does such a great job of being realistic while retaining that cartoony influence of like an Alex Toth, like from that school, and just whatever he decides to do. I I, I have a cover here on one of my books that has Catwoman in all the different costumes, and you could see the Darwin Cookness of you know Catwoman in that costume. You could see the Jim Ballant purple costume. You could see the art reflected in there. All of that is present while still simultaneously being Cliff Chang art. There aren't many artists that could walk that line and do things that well. And oh my goodness, when they would have flashback scenes to you know Catwoman in her various costumes or uh, the old school DCU, that was great. And just seeing the characters aged up in a realistic manner, that was fun too. But as as we've alluded to, by the time they bring in demons in here and Jason Etrogen and his nemesis where I'm like, who's that? I didn't care anything about that Like, It was cool they had Zantana in here And she was aged up a little bit And I appreciate the fact that she was part of The Bat Mythos in this story Uh, It just sends the the book Off the rails and so at the end of the day I'm going to give it a 3.25 Because I enjoyed it I think it's worth uh, checking out But as as we've all said I don't think it sticks the landing And I'm a Riddler guy And the Riddler gets his in this one looks to be that credible threat that credible filling the void that Bruce has left behind for Catwoman I don't know all that stuff I loved until it gets magical and then I'm like eh but yeah
0: 3.25 Alright well we'll be right back with more of the last comic shop right after this commercial break we've got recommendations uh, and that will give Chad enough time to tabulate some more numbers
3: bcwsupplies.com has everything a comic collector could need. Boards, bags, long boxes, and so much else for our ever-so-increasing collections. And you can save 10% on your total order by using promo code LCSPOD at checkout. Not only does this take 10% off BCW Supplies already low prices, but it supports my favorite podcast, The Last Comic Shop. So get all your collecting gear at bcwsupplies.com and save 10% on your order with promo code L-C-S-P-O-D at checkout. That's L-C-S-P-O-D at checkout. Happy hunting.
2: Hi folks, this a shark. This is for Nerd Podcast. If you enjoy genuine conversation from two guys who love the subjects that they're talking about you need to check us out. Honestly, goodness conversation about the things that we love. Just give us a listen. We're easy to find. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd on some of your favorite podcast catching apps. Or you can also check out our vlog on YouTube. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. <laughs>
0: All right, we're back with more of the last comic shop, and it is now time for recommendations. Yes, that wonderful time of every single show where we give you other books in addition to Catwoman Lonely City, which you can go to your local comic book shop over this Christmas break and pick up, because they're still open, and they would love your uh, patronage. Get out to a local comic book shop while you have a couple days off here over the holidays. Pick up something with that uh, cash that you might have gotten from Santa. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and start off with the first half of a Darwin Cook sandwich that we've got on today's program. And that comes from J.A. Scott. So, Jay, what do you got for us?
1: Yes, I'm going to be recommending uh Trial of the Catwoman, which collects Darwin Cook and Ed Brubaker's Catwoman series, uh, issues one through nine. The series started in 2002, and this is essentially Catwoman going back to the city where she used to prowl as a thief. She's supposedly dead but you know cats have nine lives so she still's got a life i don't think there's a board anywhere is there some a board somewhere in <laughs> in the greater dc editorial universe where someone's just counting the amount of lives that catwoman has left i think it's got to be up there at this point anyways she is a bit anonymous because people think she's dead so she comes back and instead of being a thief because that's boring and you can't really base a whole book series on on a thief though I think you could. Anyways she decides to clean up the streets where she lives. There's a serial killer preying on street walkers that she calls her friends so she goes after the serial killer and great Ed Brubaker storytelling and incredible Darwin Cook art. It's alluded to in not only our review of Catwoman Lonely City but they even talk about the costume that Darwin Cook came up with for the series so that is my recommendation um you can get it digitally you can buy it in trade it's a great introduction reintroduction to Selina Kyle Catwoman in the main universe this is quote unquote in continuity but it's DC so continuity doesn't even matter Catwoman
0: the trial of the Catwoman all right. Chad, what is your recommendation this week?
2: So in the middle of this,
0: uh, Darwin cook sandwich,
2: I'm going to take something where one of my favorite parts about Darwin cook was he was always able to distill things down to their essence and remind you of why you enjoyed those things. And when I think of Cowwoman, I can't disassociate from Batman. And so I think of the first time that Batman for me was ever distilled down into his essence, and that was Batman, the animated series. And so recently within the last year, there has been an omnibus that collects the Batman adventures. Um, and that is going to be my recommendation. Now I have had some of these stories in trade for a long time. You have names like Kelly Puckett, Marty Pascoe, Ty Templeton, uh, Rich Burkett. Sometimes you would get Paul Dini in here working on the book, but the Batman adventures comic was just as high quality as the Batman TV show. And you would get the Batman rogues distilled down to what makes them great, and so that omnibus, it you know, people look at it and think it's a kids' book, and it is, but it's so much more, and it's something that you know you can share with younger Bat fans, uh, and they can appreciate it, and you could read it as an adult and take things from it. There's just so much there, um, and the omnibus does include some of the other uh, things that came along with it outside of the main title. The Batman Adventures Omnibus includes issues 1 through 36, the annuals, the holiday special, uh, things like Mad Love and stories from the Batman Black and White Omnibus. But it really is something to behold. So, yeah, you got that extra holiday money, those gift cards. The Batman Adventures
0: Omnibus is a good way to use them. All right. And speaking of distilling things down to their essence, one thing that you can always guarantee is if you really want to distill comic books down to the essence of why they're great, all you have to look at is Will Eisner's The Spirit. That's right. As somebody that's been spending a lot of 2023 talking to all of you folks out there about why you should go back and read a lot of the older comic strips from back in the day, whether it was the Flash Gordon with the Alex Raymond or um, Al Capp's Little Abner or whatever. I mean, these guys were pioneers, blazing the trail of graphic storytelling in ways that, to this day, folks are still aping. And one of the great uh, things that Darwin Cook did before he passed away was try to uh, remind us Of how really awesome the spirit was. And so he did that with a series of issues of his own interpretation of the spirit that he released, uh, that you can get in a collection, uh, which is just called Will Eisner's The Spirit by Darwin Cook with Jay Bone and Dave Stewart. And uh, it's a collection of about eight stories, including a great team up between the spirit and Batman. So it's keeping with the Batman theme of this week's episode. Uh, so all of those Gotham rogues, Joker, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, all done in that magnificent Darwin Cook style. But also you get some other just genuinely good prime noir street level stories with the spirit. You know, interacting with femme fatales such as Madame Pagel who was one of the original ones. I didn't see Sans Serif in here, but um, the octopus is in here. You know, you never see his face. He's just the pair of gloves, just like he was in the uh, the spirit. And they even take certain aspects of the original spirit comic book strips that have not aged at all well, such as his sidekick. And they he kind of modernizes it uh, to a fact where it's, I feel more palpable to a a modern audience. So again, if if you're really interested in great comic book storytelling, not only check out the original Will Eisner comic strips featuring the spirit, but really try to hunt down Darwin Cook's interpretation of the spirit as well. In any case, we also hope that you uh, find our interpretation of comic books every single week by coming back to The Last Comic Shop. And we are going to be here all next year. 2024, 52 new shows coming at you every single week. So make sure that you rate, reviewing, and subscribing so you don't miss any of them. Because we're going to be here for those shows. And That's
2: right, thanks to our friends at BCW Supplies That's true <laughs> Financing
0: another year That's true And all for all those folks that keep on, you know, giving them the business Make sure That's that you're right. out there at BCW Supplies Getting the 10% off But also helping out the last comic shop with every single sale So don't forget LCS Pod
2: with every sale Save yourself 10% That's
0: true <laughs> any case well we'll be right back with chad's data right after these messages so for all those folks that love statistics stay tuned Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all
1: manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it.
0: We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop
1: or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com keep on
3: flopping, floppers. LastComicShopPodcast.com is the destination for all things shop. Plan your week with upcoming show schedules, the latest books, recommendations, and chatter from the crew. Subscribe to the show on all major podcasting platforms from one convenient location. Show your support and browse the merch store. T-shirts, tanks, hoodies for the fam, coffee mugs, magnets, and more check out exclusive content through the show's youtube channel and follow the pod on instagram blue sky threads and others all this and so much more at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com
2: lest old acquaintance be forgot we're here in this uh old sign for everyone's favorite part of the last comic shop podcast each year we wrap the year up with our data <laughs> the kids love the numbers ah oh, more numbers chat more numbers
0: we need more numbers and that's what we're here for to deliver more numbers and data mm. <laughs> i love it i honestly do it's one of my favorite times of the year it's an opportunity for us to recap All the work we did at the last comic shop and and joining us for our recap is a guy Mm. that has done so many shows with us this Mm. year. I think he has done more shows in 2023 than he has done in the last two years combined with us. The wonderful Mikey Wood. Merry Christmas, Mikey. Merry Christmas, everybody, and, and a happy almost new year. I it's didn't 20. realize
1: Mikey had done that many shows. He's going to start asking for a partial payment as opposed all, to just a, a bit the big pay. Low, play. All the lowest rated ones on our
0: numbers today. Those are the ones I would. <laughs> yeah. so. No. We are going to have to start giving him choices for books, though. I feel like. You guys always hate the books I choose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. that's not,
0: that's not a, true though we will do sandman for you in 2024 it is one of your favorite books of all time we'll do it as my gift to you this holiday season you guys are you guys are giving is what you are
2: and in the spirit of data and the spirit of giving mikey appeared on 13 shows with an average rating 3.40 so there you go Let's now! Get it started. nice now keep in mind we had nine shows this year that were interview based shows so no ratings no rankings no numbers for those shows they just happen man They just happened we get to hang out and talk to some of the coolest people in comics we got to learn about new new books like black cloak we got to talk to mark russell we got to hang out with our old friend russ braun uh live in person for recorded to tape we were talking smack on Eric Burnham. We'll get
0: to that later. And then he <laughs> showed up for an interview show. <laughs> How cool was that? Talked to Dennis Culver. We got to talk with our buddy Howard a couple times.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Howard. We got Howard to sing. And then the the big one, at least for us uh, old school fans, uh, we had an interview with Roy Thomas. An hour we got to sit alone with Roy Thomas and talk comics. How cool was that, gentlemen?
0: Yeah, it was. It was a dream come true. I mean, it's always wonderful talking to everybody that comes by the last comic shop about comics. But there's not many times when you get to talk to a legend like Roy Thomas for a full hour. this uninterrupted. Great show. Great show. Go back and listen to that in the archives. Heck yeah. And there are lots of shows you can listen to. And for this year with
2: shows that had ratings, Andy appeared on 41 of those shows with a 3.19 average rating. I appeared on 39 of those shows with a 3.37. J.A. took a trip to China for a bit. Still managed to score on 39 shows with a 3.37 rating. And Ethan was our next uh, biggest ranker with seven ratings this year. 3.39 in terms oh, of his dear. rating. Me,
0: I was, I was critical. The, the curmudgeon. <laughs> our resident curmudgeon. I wasn't Grinch this year. Get off year. my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. I' no. um, In terms of books we rated 14 of those books were DC books 14 of those books were indie books And 15 of those books were Marvel books And understand some books uh, Are both Marvel and DC Which happened twice this year Twice As far as where we were this year When it comes to DC Comics uh, The highest rater on DC Comics Was Mikey with an average score Of (laughs) 3.64
0: not surprising he's a dc guy he's a dc dude he's 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 trying to get statehood he's so dc i am (laughs) (laughs) i am i'm a big old slut for that batman
2: (laughs) (laughs) that bruce wayne is a fancy man anyway so i was second with dc at 3.46 ja was third with a 3.38 average and our resident curmudgeon Andy came in last with a three point three two percentage. Oh, that's not
0: terrible. Mm. That's better
2: than that's better than good. It's better bad. than good. Yeah. And the thing that surprised me is of those DC books, eight were your traditional DC books, six were Black Labels. Which of those do you think would have the higher average ratings?
1: I would have thought Black Label, but you're, the way you've phrased the question, probably it was the normal DC books.
2: Well. For you, J.A. and Mikey, it was Black Label, but for Andy and I, we prefer the traditional DC books to the Black Label this year. <laughs> so this I just book. hated Black <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> Is there anything I liked this
2: year? Come on, throw me a bone here. So the next group will go with our indie books, and we uh, read books from a ton of different publishers this year. We had things from Boom, we had things from Ahoy, we had things from IDW, Image, Oni, Pantheon, Valiant, Viz, Dynamite, I don't think I mentioned Dynamite, Humanoids, and Checker. Uh, All sorts of indie book ratings. As far as those go, Ethan, substantial number of ratings, he had a 3.43 rating, followed by me, who I've been the traditional easiest grader of the main trio, with a 3.39 J.A. was a 3.3 and resident curmudgeon Andy 2.96. Wow. They just keep on getting worse, kids. I I just didn't like anything. Well, I know what you did like, Andy, and that was Marvel. Our hey! Marvel books this year, we ranked 15 Marvel books, and Andy was the highest of the bunch of us with a
1: 3.40 average. That Marvel Zombies 3 that he gave like a 10. <laughs>
0: At least I liked it a little bit more than other stuff, which is, Mm -hmm. saying something. I don't get a lot of coal in my stocking this year. And if you uh, do, it has a DC logo on it. (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, you know what coal's made out of, Mikey? It's fossilized turds. Oh, my goodness. So let's shift
2: gears to our movies this year. This year, we had a lot of movie shows. We had
1: 13 movie shows. That is Uh, too many. Too many movie shows That is 12 too many movie shows
0: No, (laughs) no, no We're going to have twice as many next year 26 They bring in the listeners
1: Everyone loves movies I love movies, but not the movies we were asked to watch Mm. (laughs) Oh my Alright, so For the year, as far as
2: average scores go uh, Andrew Was a 3.07 I was slightly higher with a 3.1 for 2023. J.A. this year was the lowest of us on movies with a 2.91 average ranking. And Mikey came in at
0: a 3.08. What was the top rated movie, Chad? Of all the 13 movies we did this year, which one did we all agree was probably the best? So our 13 movies were Shazam, The Flash, Blue Beetle, Flash
2: Gordon, Lone Ranger, TMNT, Akira, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, Ant-Man, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Across the Spider-Verse, The Marvels, and Return of the Jedi. Now, our highest rated movie was Across the Spider-Verse, which got unanimous fours across the board. Uh, Second highest was TMNT, uh, the new animated film where I was slightly lower on that. It averaged out at 3.92 overall.
0: Well, every year we like to also do books where somebody was off the beaten path, maybe That's for right. good bullet or for worse.
2: I, I like to call these my desert island picks, where you are alone on an island with these picks. Uh, now, these are the ones where someone has scored a four, and that was not reciprocated by the other main voters here. So let's start with J.A. He had three island picks this year guardians of the galaxy which accompanied the guardians of the galaxy 3 movie but the book by and lanning he gave a 4 to ended up with a 3.75 rating overall he also gave a 4 to the human target which ended up with a 3.75 average and then the 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 big surprise and jay do you want to take a guess at this one i'm gonna say it's harbinger it was harbinger (laughs) harbinger harbinger i could never pronounce the name was rough uh, but Jay loved it and so Gave that one a four and it had a 2.9 Rating otherwise Now uh, Andy was off on his own island Three times this year The first was on Batman Versus the Incredible Hulk uh, I was like Wow, well, I'm surprised they gave that a, a lower rating But I was comparing it I think to other DC and Marvel crossovers at the time So it came in at a 3.5 You were backed up by George from Shortbox Summary uh, Andy on Batman v Hulk
0: That's right because he's got taste he knows Dang. good book when he sees it. That Jose mm. Luis Garcia Lopez art can't beat it.
2: Mm. There you go. And speaking of great art, you also picked out the Flash Gordon comic strips. You gave that a four. Yeah. Uh, that had a 3.6 average. You were also backed up on that one by
0: Ben Morse. I would have had you back on that one, too. So, See, that's what I'm saying. I just need people that aren't you guys. Yeah, you have some support, except for your last pick, the,
2: the most egregious of all. Do you want to venture a guess as to what oh, that was? Oh, it's
0: Marvel Zombies 3. You guys hated that book. You gave it a five! broke <laughs> the rating system, you gave it a five. It's the best! It's got I thought you would give some love to Fred Van Lente. You you gush over him with his action philosophers and presidents and all this other stuff. He it was a good book. It's not my fault you guys don't don't have taste. There.
2: So then let's talk about taste kids. It was the year of Chad. <laughs> We all know this. And so I was off on my own little island here four times in the year of Chad. The first being Uncanny X-Men and New Teen Titans. That crossover by Chris Claremont and Walt Simonson. It's the best. It's a four. Mikey, back me up on that one. Yes. Another book that I gave a four to that you guys slacked off on was uh, Shazam! The Monster Society of Evil by Jeff Smith. Oh, I couldn't have been that far off of that one. I enjoyed that one, though. You were a 3.5. Jay scored higher than you on that one, a 3.75. Mm. Uh, and then the one where I recognized I, I was alone there was uh, The Lone Ranger. I love that book so much. The <laughs> Brett Matthews, Sergio Carello. That's a great book. It is a great book. I wish uh, you were on that one uh, with us, Mikey, because Ethan gave it a 2. <laughs> brought the average down to what? 3.25. Why? Is it because like he shot a gun or something? <laughs> no, easier. I was. it broke my heart because Ethan loves Westerns. And I'm like, Ethan, this Western is great. And then it just didn't speak to him. No, it didn't. And it I didn't think it, it was my fault because I built it up so much. And then I had one more that did speak to Ethan. He ended up giving it a five. Anybody want to, sure, want to venture guess? Wrestling, it's a wrestling-related thing. So I met him once. Do a powerbomb. Do a powerbomb. Daniel Warren Johnson's Do a Powerbomb which I still love. That art is so kinetic. It's a really good book, actually. So kinetic. Continuing on the year of Chad, I ended up giving a fours this year to 13 books, which was less than I did in 2021. I gave 17 fours in 2021. and 2022, I gave 12 Though, those. It was more than that.
0: I- I'm surprised. I was trying to give you every single book that you loved and just get them out of the way. And, and no, you, you still rated more fours last year. Where's my Liefeld this year? I didn't get any Liefeld this You're year. You're getting Liefeld in 2024. That's a leftover and you know it. We already did. It's in the hopper. Oh, please have me on that show. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Don't worry. There are plenty
2: of leftovers of Chad. We read a lot of good books. Uh, Andy, this year, actually had as much grief as I want to give him as our resident curmudgeon. Had 11 books that he
0: gave a four or higher. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Marvel Zombies 3 should count as 5 books I'm telling you You it's gave like- it a 5 Anyway,
2: <laughs> you were up uh, 2 from last year In 2022 you had 9 books that got 4s uh, Whereas in 2021 You gave 12 books 4 ratings No, this year Our curmudgeon J.A. With 10 books That got 4
1: rankings He was, he was holding out those 4s Mm. The four, it should not be given lightly. You shouldn't just give these out willy-nilly or it devalues them. He's
0: got discerning tastes. If he, if his roast beef doesn't have great poop on, forget it. Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, kids. So this is the part that everybody's been waiting
2: for. Our top ten books of the year, which is actually top 13 because we had a, a four-way tie. So tied for tenth. We have at a 3.75 average score The Human Target Guardians of the Galaxy Do a Powerball Shazam! The Monster Society of Evil That's the four (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I thought there was another one Our ninth pick With an average of 3.875 Akira Our seventh pick Wonder Woman Historia. Which Jay brought the rating down to a 3.916 with his 3.75 rating.
0: Because there's Perfect. no Wonder Woman in the book. Mm. She's a baby! Yeah, What, are you discriminatory against babies? There you
2: go. <laughs> uh, technicalities. Uh, I get it, I get it. Anyway, so up next with a 3.925 average was The Uncanny X-Men a New Teen Titans crossover. And then at a 3.987, because Andy likes to drive me crazy, was Deceased. Everyone across the board gave it a 4, and Andy gave it a 3.95. That's
0: right! I didn't like the downloads! Stop all the downloading!
2: (laughs) Aye, aye, aye. Okay, and then our top five are all tied. These are the ones that achieved unanimous acclaim. These were also the only books that we all agreed on with our ratings this year. So they're all tied for our top spot. It includes Mr. Miracle, Asterius Pollock, Day Tripper, Darth Vader, and
0: Miracle Man,
2: The Silver
3: Age. Wow.
0: Nice. Those are some really good books. Day Tripper's pretty good. Yeah. I will say this if you don't listen to any of the Last Comic Shop podcasts, at least listen to those shows, at least get those books. Those are our top five books Of 2023
2: that we read Yeah, And those met up with Spider-Man, Craven's Last Hunt Mouse, Parker, the Martini Edition, V for Vendetta Persepolis, the other history Of the DC Universe, Reckless Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, and Superman Smashes the Klan As our consensus, four star Absolute best Of the best ratings of all time That sounds right so there you go. Those are the last Comic Shop Podcast approved books. You want to check out those shows in our library. If you want to check out the data, I will mm. post that. But there is still one last data set to come.
3: Mm, that's true, my man.
2: Andy and I, I do want to mention. As much as I love crunching the numbers, Andy stepped up big time this year. As uh, I kept putting off my number crunching, like yeah, I'll get the data. I'll get the data. And then he's like, I'll just get the goddamn data. And then he went and filled in the numbers for me for a lot of the shows. Uh, so thank you with the assist this year, sir. But uh, you have one more set of oh, your own. You want to share.
0: Well, it's the least I can do for you, Chad. As, as just an aside for all those folks that might be listening, next year will start the sixth year. Six years that I have been reviewing comic books with my former college roommate and really, really good friend, Chad Smith. And mm. it has been a wonderful six years, buddy. Wow. So we got, we got to get to a decade, brother. We, we got there to we do go. it. So, I movie. didn't
2: the data from the other show, but I could find it. It's in my Google Sheets somewhere. <laughs>
0: T.O.S. The Other Show. Let's go ahead and get our list of the top 10 downloaded shows of 2023. The listeners have voted. They have said that this list constitutes their favorite episodes of Mm. our show we have released and i will say that it's been overwhelming the response to everybody that even listened to one of our episodes the last comic shop in 2023 or in years past we thank you so much we do this show really truly for all those comic book fans out there we really appreciate all of the comments all of the goodwill all of the wonderful things that people have been sharing about comic books that they pick up keep it going in 2024 Here is our top 10 downloaded shows. Coming in at number 10, we have the Unstoppable Doom Patrol interview with Dennis Culver. People loved him being on the show. Number nine is the uh, Uncanny X-Men Teen Titans Team-Up. So Mikey, you were on that show and that was in our top 10. It's a great book. That was a great show. Speaking of great shows, number eight is Flash Gordon. There's still a lot of fans of (laughs) 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 Total and all that that greatness out there. So it was a huge (laughs) huge hit. Number seven was Captain America The Winter Soldier, which I gotta say was probably anchored by that awesome Last Burger Shop uh, tournament that we did on that. That still is one of the best shows. Uh, Wonderful job. So thanks so much to Ethan for helping us out with that. Uh, Coming in at number six, even though I didn't really like the show, it spoke to a lot of folks, especially on YouTube, which we're seeing a lot of listeners coming in on YouTube. That was Department of Truth. You know, people love James Tinian, and they they showed it. The fans demanded that one. They did. That That was one of our polls. I like that book a lot. It's got got the art's got a Sienkiewicz vibe to it, too. I like it. Number five, set the record for the most downloads in a single day. And that was our Roy Thomas interview. Mm -hmm. So, thanks you so much to Roy Thomas for taking time and talking to us on the last Comic Chop he He's involved in
2: so many things. We got to talk to him about Conan, about Star Wars, about the Avengers, about pulling books out of the burning piles. Yeah. During, yeah, during the
0: 1950s when people thought that comic books were un-American, he was saving comics off the pile. That was awesome. Uh, number four is uh, a book that, again, is later in the calendar, so you wouldn't think would be in the top four, but it is right now our number one listened to show on YouTube for sure, and that is One Piece. Every day I look, and it's 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 going higher and higher in terms of listeners.
2: So, One piece, by the way, averaged a 3.68 rating overall. Yeah, Ethan did give it a 4, but the rest of us were a little lower. 3.75s from me and Jay, you gave it a 3.25.
0: Well, speaking of Ethan, it, it made his case that more manga in 2024, so we'll at least be covering a couple more manga books. They, they'll listen. And getting to our top three. Uh, Number three was our Flashpoint review One of our (laughs) highest rated shows on Spotify People listen to us on Spotify more than any other platform Mm, We get more listeners from Spotify than Apple Podcasts Or any
2: of the other listening. Just in case you dropped off that show midway I do apologize for being a jerk about something people worked really hard on But it takes about 30 minutes for me to get there (laughs) Sorry (laughs) I was not kind to Flashpoint. I remember that.
0: (laughs) But speaking of Spotify, the top-rated show on Spotify comes in at number two. And that was our Mr. Miracle review. Not only was it one of our favorite books, but the listeners agreed. It was the number one downloaded show on Spotify. And uh, I'm really, really happy that so many people connected with that awesome book. But it wasn't as much as those that connected with our number one book. Regardless of whether it was Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website, any of these places that you listen, the number one downloaded episode was The Savage Sword of Conan. (laughs) Really? Yes. Yes. Not only did people love J.A.'s pick of bringing back some classic Bronze Age Conan stories, but people absolutely loved March Cladness. March Cladness where we ranked the top 16 barbarians of all time and somehow Tarzan snuck into the top 4. Don't know how that happened. But it's still one of the highest listened to episodes ever. And I'm talking ever, even compared to the other years. It's in the top 3 of our all the other years as well. Wonderful show, so at least go out there and listen to our savage sort of conan you don't need to like comic books to listen to that that doesn't mean more people like it because people are dumb you heard me <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think ja you want to take a victory lap for your savage sort of conan here
1: uh it's not me it's roy thomas and uh john Buscema who should be taking the victory lap for that
0: wonderful beautiful black and white line art He's so gracious. He's so gracious with his victories. Any case, I wonder if we're going to have the year of J.A. next year. We'll see. An entire year of 1990s comic books. (laughs) Well, it depends. Sometimes it was good. Starman, Hitman. But we're hoping that you stick around for more Last Comic Shop heading into 2024. We'll be back next week, folks. The fun and the party does not end here. 52 more episodes of The Last Comic Shop. All next year with some really, really good books. You should see what we got lined up just for January alone. We got Ducks, two years in the Oil Sand, which won Eisner's. We got our interview with uh, Kyle Starks, wonderful comic book writer and artist. We've got X Men. We've got Sandman, as I promised to Mikey Wood. Um, just some really really great stuff coming up just in the next couple of weeks So make sure that you're rate reviewing and subscribing over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com For as many listens as we had in 2023 and there were quite a number Let's double it kids. Let's double it. Let's get that last comic shop in every single household out there That at least has a passing interest in comics, right? By force, if necessary. Heck yeah. <laughs>
2: but I do want to mention before we go, just uh, such a great thank you for all the people that download our shows. Thank you to folks like Mikey that jump on and contribute all these ratings. And just in case we didn't mention them enough, for everybody that's contributed, Ethan rated a, a bunch of books for us this year. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, George, from Shortbox Summary. Ben Morse was here. John Engel from New Dimension Comics. Bob Hasek from the Worst Movies Ever podcast thank you to you guys who show up each week and talk
0: comic books with
2: me uh that's just
0: awesome well mikey you're gonna be back for next year as well i mean unless i die or something (laughs) (laughs) let's let's hope not until next year i was those with most Andy larson i was joined by chad smith jay scott and the wonderful mikey wood and we hope that you stay safe stay holly and remember, if you join a dating site for arsonists, don't worry—you're going to get a lot of matches. Uh, okay, that was <laughs> all <real. laughs> oh, bad. No, I
1: encourage like no, that a...
0: a... so like you,
1: Mike. Was... Don't, don't encourage those. you. Do they still use? Oh, Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs> Comic Shop was a 2023
2: Black Anders production.